Episode 361, What If? Season 1, Episode 7, What If Thor Were an Only Child? Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I am here to talk about Party Thor and the Party Pooper. And I am here, I am Thor, the Party Prince, and that makes Samantha the Party Pooper. Hello, Samantha. Yeah, I guess I would be the Party Pooper, wouldn't I? (laughs) I don't know. Or is this Thor, the god of partying, or Thor, meatballs edition? Yeah. Or Thor, any John Hughes, or actually just any teen comedy period from the 80s and 90s. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. it. We'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't mean to really call you a, a party pooper. Oh, but uh, people do it all the time. As far, okay. as, our, as, far as, <laughs> as far as insults go, it's one of the, the least least bad of them. Especially if you're being a party pooper for good reason. Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's talk about a party that got pooped because not to put too fine a point on it. I was not exactly excited about watching this episode again. And I'm not actually watching this episode just twice, once originally and then once to prep for this episode we're going to watch it a third time. And I believe, Samantha, you did something similar where you watched it once for uh, just to watch it once to prep for this episode. And now we're going to watch it as a group watch on Disney Plus. And as we watch, we are going to talk about this episode. And, and I'm going to try really hard not to di- get distracted online because I get bored with this, this episode. Well, we will get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> so let's go ahead. I guess uh, we'll start it. I've not u- used group watch in some ways. This episode is is more interesting to me just because we're using group watch on Disney Plus. This is something where you can invite up to six people to watch something with you. They have to be subscribers to Disney Plus and this is something that actually is going to make any kind of commentary recording like we're doing right now, much, much easier because for us, as we are watching, I believe we will see, but I believe it's going to sync it up perfectly for us. And as we record, then we'll be seeing the same thing and I won't have to worry like, uh, well, with another Howard, the duck related, uh, commentary track, there was at one point in that commentary track that we were watching, when Daniel and I were recording the Howard the Duck commentary, that his stream, I was watching on disc, physical media. He was watching a streaming version of it, and his stream actually paused for a, a couple seconds, putting him a few seconds behind me. You wouldn't know it by listening to it, and I didn't know it as I was talking with him about things that were going on until after we were done. But I believe that won't be a problem here. We will see. 
but I have invited Samantha. I can see her little uh, Grogu uh, avatar. And uh, there's my avatar, Darth Vader. And I, I think we're going to get ready to start the stream. We will give you the opportunity to sync up if you want to watch along with us. And yeah, with that said, uh, are you ready, Samantha? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is kind of fun. This this is kind of cool. I mean, the episode we're doing, eh, we'll talk about it. But but actually doing this, this is kind of fun. And this is the kind of thing where we could maybe even invite people to, to watch with us if we ever did record a, a commentary track for something else we could invite, you know, if, if you and I and, and Stuart were doing this, we could invite three more people to watch at the same time. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could do some interesting, interesting stuff with this. So I am going to press uh, start stream. Okay. I've got the thing that's syncing the group. Okay. There's the Disney original thing. And right now, Oh, you can leave reactions. Oh, swipe left to leave reaction. So right now it's, we're at the, the intro. We could skip it. But we're not going to, but we are going to pause it. Everyone can control the video for the whole group. So anyone can pause this. This is actually, this is cool. This is Disney plus right here. This is our Disney plus episode is what this is. We're exploring Disney plus. We're going to be talking about the Disney plus day that they did uh, last week. And Boom. Okay. Block. I just hit pause. I pause the video. It says dad, pause the video because <laughs> our uh, accounts it's dad and kid <laughs> and dad is Darth Vader and kid. I believe we had Grogu, but I think my son might've changed that. Oh, it just started again. Um, It's paused on my end. All I see is the Marvel studios logo. Yeah. Okay. I hit pause. I paused it. It's black screen. This is where we're supposed to start from on the black screen. This is where I want you to sync up. If you are going to sync up with us, if not, don't worry. But where is it black screen for you where I paused it? Yes. So, yes, you should be seeing just that black screen right now after the Marvel logo. And I'm going to hit play in five seconds. I'll do a five second countdown. You can hit play with us if you want. If you don't want to, you can just keep driving in your car or doing whatever it is you do when you listen to the podcasts, however you listen to the podcasts. We're going to try and keep talking and just keep going with the conversation so that there, if you're not watching, you're okay. So here we go. <laughs> I'm going to hit play in five, four, three, two, one play there it goes dad played the video <laughs> and we have our opening credits and this is actually this is where we get to see chris hemworth is in this natalie portman is in this tom hiddleston is in this cat dennings the the thor cast samuel jackson jeff goldblum kobe smolders clark greg frank grillo taika watiti karen killen <laughs> Jamie Alexander, Jamie Alexander, Seth Green. Seth Green. Okay, so Jamie Alexander is probably the one. I I just can't believe they have all these people. Seth yeah. Green, of course, not Seth Green. Yeah, Seth Green. Yeah, Seth Green. Howard, Howard the, duck. the Duck. Howard the Duck. And we have Coulson. We have we have Fury. We have Hill. I mean, this is an amazing cast for an animated show, especially when you consider how much Jeff Goldblum is actually doing. <laughs> um, so when you first watched this 
did you watch the cast list come up no. in the very beginning? I no, did I didn't not. either. I I held my hand up in front of the screen and I made sure I could at least see the top of the screen, so I knew when the when the um, when, story when was actually down. beginning. Yeah. 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 No, I I did not, and I, especially early on when I realized, oh, I kind of got spoiled a little bit by the cast list. I just that's my advice: don't look at the cast. Here uh, we have Kat Dennings doing the thing that I used to do when I would play basketball in my backyard alone. And that is I would shoot baskets and he goes for the shot. And then I keep doing it over and over until I actually hit the shot. And then, <laughs> and then I won. But, yeah. Uh, but I, this is an amazing cast when you consider like, this is for a half hour animated thing, yeah. but this is all probably also probably something they had them all written. And whenever they get one person in, why not do the rest? You know, why not? If you get Tom Hiddleston in for a Loki centric episode, why not just have him do a couple extra lines for another episode? Yeah. But actually the what if moment that changes things, which we'll get to, but um, it actually life is better. I think for Loki in this reality. Yeah, he it is. And we see him later and, He's an ice giant, and he seems to be very happy, and he gets along great with Thor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So at this point in the in the episode, as I was watching, Kat Dennings was doing the Kat Dennings thing, right? Yeah. But then this happens, and he says, it's the party prince. This is where I'm like, oh, what are we getting into? I wasn't quite sure yet. But this is where, okay, now they're going through all the things from the MCU we know basically that Thor and Loki because of who they were and being in each other's circle that created who they were. Well, in this Loki's given back to his family. And so Thor becomes a a meathead and Loki kind of is one too, but he definitely seems to have a better life. Yeah. So at this point, I still think we're in a serious thing. I still think we're in just a riff on Thor I think, okay, this is the Kenneth Branagh Thor movie with a riff, you know, that's different. We're not getting the whole thing with Thor being so cocky. We're not getting the whole thing with Thor losing his power, getting exiled to Earth. Odin does not bless or curse the hammer, which that's an important detail in the Thor movie. And it's one that this episode causes a problem for me, but I wanted to just bring that up. But this is where we realize we're watching a, a teen party movie. <laughs> this is... Oh, and and the mom on her way out says behave. You know, if yeah. you have to tell your adult child to behave on the way out the door as you're going on vacation, you got a problem. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, Thor is not like a 20-year-old college student who might be making poor no, he's choices. A, he's, he's a, a 5,000-year-old <laughs> college student exactly. who's making poor choices. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) And she doesn't just tell him to behave. She tells him no parties. So (sighs) this tells me we're in a sitcom. And if you can watch this as a sitcom, then I think it's actually a little better. And this is my problem with this whole thing is it's like lower decks. So Stuart, as you're listening right now, lower decks animated sitcom set in the Star Trek universe that 
references things directly from Star Trek movies as if they were movies. And it bothers me because it doesn't feel like it fits the universe because it's a sitcom. It's it's intentionally goofy. It's intentionally over the top. And if it was a satire of Star Trek and not part of actual Star Trek canon, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it because it is fantastic. It's really, really good. I just whenever I, I watch Lower Decks, I have to watch it with that nagging feeling of it doesn't fit. And it's the same with this, 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 the whole thing, everyone in this universe lives in a sitcom. Yeah. Lower decks, or as my husband calls it, Orville, but what Orville was trying, what (laughs) Orville was trying to be. Orville, if it was in the actual Star Trek universe. Okay. So Howard the Duck just showed up. And at this point I'm thinking, yay, I still, I haven't turned against this episode yet, but I'm getting close. Howard shows up and I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to see him, but yeah. that's how it usually <laughs> is with Howard. 90% of the time. I mean, <laughs> I do like his cameos in what was it? Guardians guardians of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. I did like that. Or bit. was it, was it volume two or uh, he was in the first one. Yeah. 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 I did also like his appearance in an earlier episode of what if with T'Challa as star Lord. Mm-hmm. I think he was actually useful and he actually helped to put, push the story along that, in that episode, if I recall correctly. Just a little. And in and, and small yeah. doses, he's good. My problem here is, you know, there's certain romances in comic books that you just, they're just there. You know, Clark Kent and Lois Lane. You just, that's a romance that when, when Clark Kent is dating someone else, it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't right. feel right. Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy or Peter Parker and Mary Jane one way or another, you know, those both feel good as far as like, they make sense. They're, they spent time, but when he's dating someone else, black cat or whatever, it just feels wrong. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Howard, the duck and Beverly, they are another of comic book romance. Now, whatever you want to say about, you know, a duck dating a, a woman. Yeah, there it's there, but it's a comic book thing and they have a true love. Howard and Beverly do. This feels wrong. Howard and I can't remember her character's name. But Kat Kat, Dennings, Kat character. Dennings character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um okay, so did you say it was her name was Beverly? Yes. Yeah. Okay, is that the character that Leah Thompson plays yep. in the movie? It is. Okay. It is. But when I tried to re- rewatch it a few months ago, I was like, okay, this is really weird, and I lost interest about 10 minutes in. Yeah, it's yeah. not a great movie. No. <laughs> it's no. not a great movie. It, it's a movie that kind of knows what it is, but... and Oh my gosh, he, the Elvis. Here's <laughs> the moment. Elvis is marrying them. Magic you have and science. Matching tattoos. tattoos. You have the party happening, and now the party is it's the next morning. Everyone's waking <laughs> up, and <laughs> he's asleep on the couch. You know, it, again, <laughs> I just I get it though. It's what if, so every universe is different, yeah. except for the vibe that I get from this is that you know there's that one turning point that takes this universe and makes it veer off from another one, and yeah. 
they just throw so much in here and there's so many jokes and they're jokes. You know, it's not a character driven thing. You have all of these characters. It's like, oh, okay. It's not just that random aliens are showing up. It's literally if there was an actor playing an alien, there's Rocket. You know, all these characters are just showing up at the one place. And oh, speaking I, of showing up. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, Maria Hill and uh, the guy uh, Crossbones. from yeah, Crossbones. Yeah, yeah. Frank Grillo. But they <laughs> it's just the coincidence is too much for me. And if it was a comedy, if this was not an MCU actual canon thing, I wouldn't have as much of a problem with it. And I shouldn't complain so much, maybe. Because it's funny stuff. There's funny stuff happening. Yeah, there is funny stuff happening. But what's the rule about coincidences in fiction? It should only happen once and in the beginning. Is that it? I don't know if that's a rule, but that's something that I I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. It's something I appreciate. I there. There's a gimme. You have to have a gimme. And a lot of times the coincidence is what pushes things forward, but then it has to be character characters carry it. You know, you have to have the characters have to be doing stuff then to earn the coincidences that happen after that. And so, but even then, you know, Star Wars, if you look at Star Wars, the beginning there, it's not a coincidence that R2D2 ends up on Tatooine. They're going there on purpose because they have a, a purpose to be there. And it's not a coincidence that Obi-Wan and Luke are together. You know, Obi-Wan is there to protect Luke. And yeah. the coincidence is that it happens behind Solo and Chewbacca who are going, you know, that's that's the thing where you have two different things kind of just crossing paths without motive behind the path crossing that they have. And that's better storytelling, in my opinion. Now, in a comedy, though. In a comedy, coincidence brings humor. And so you're I'm more forgiving in an actual comedy, which is what this is. And I I this is something I, I preach. You know, you gotta watch the thing for what it is, not for what you want it to be. And that's totally me. Mm. Now, here's another problem I have, but Samantha, go ahead and, and uh say what you're gonna say. Oh, I was gonna comment about coincidences in Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> that there's some callbacks, but after I watched the movie and was driving home, I realized that those callbacks were, were done very purposefully because if you know how the story ends and you think about why those callbacks were in there, they were doing more than just being, Hey, remember that time in the first movie? But again, it was, Ghostbusters, yeah. it's a comedy, right? And so yeah. there's different things behind a comedy because comedy is joke based and it's trying to get from one humorous thing to another humorous thing. Yes. You have a plot, you know, and there, there's, there's, you're going to have a plot where the characters are trying to do stuff. But, um, yeah, here's where I feel bad for Loki. I don't feel bad for Loki here in this universe. I feel bad for Loki in the other universes where Odin raised him and apparently screwed up horribly. <laughs> Because <laughs> Loki comes here and he's not trying to take over anything. He's he's friendly. He he does break Thor's phone later. <laughs> so yeah, and not on purpose. It's just because he now has huge hands and the phone is tiny in his huge hands. Yeah, yeah, because he's a nice giant yeah. and he doesn't have to yeah. be small. You know. Uh, so here's another issue though. They call in Captain Marvel for this. 
that's that's where the episode loses me because they called in Captain Marvel for this. Yeah, this is an emergency on Earth that they cannot handle. Come on, yeah, it's <laughs> because you have lots of aliens and stuff. But here's the thing: there, this is not an invasion. No, bad it's things just... are happening. Things are getting broken. Yeah, but it's not an actual takeover, and people are not getting hurt. And the other thing that is, we see, yeah, yeah at least yeah. Captain Marvel in this is, I mean, they're pointing at her and saying, "Party pooper, party pooper." You know what? Totally is like she brings the yeah. party down for me. <laughs> this and. I, I hate saying it because I like the character and I liked the movie, but this is not, not a great showcase of Captain Marvel. No, it's not. And it makes no sense because I have a feeling that if she had actually talked to Maria Hill, that she would say, why do I even need to be here? So you have one Norse God who's just, partying in las vegas he's not really trying to hurt anyone he's just trying to have a good time and the and people, people are partying with him i know there's no reason for her to even want to be here here is where people start getting hurt yeah yeah and it's because she's doing this and again here's the problem we are analyzing this as a marvel movie and not analyzing this as a sitcom, a comedy. A what if sitcom. Yeah. yeah, but it just it doesn't Yeah, she's just the party pooper. And like I said, this is where the episode lost really lost me. <laughs> this here, the boop, and then he knocks over Stonehenge. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. As yeah. a sitcom, it's kind of funny because of the way it falls and everything. I, I this episode is where you take the humor portion of the MCU and only that and that's all it is. This is Thor Ragnarok without you know the any pretense of being a, an MCU movie. Yeah. It's just like we're doing the goofy goof, the funny funny, the clown shoes. Yeah. But I mean like compare the quality of the writing in this episode to to uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord. It's very different. Yeah. Yeah. Because that one, I feel like the humor is character driven. Yeah. And not joke driven. Yeah. This one feels like <laughs> this one feels like we're like, just trying to punch out one more episode before we get to the uh, two parter finale. Well, it, it, yeah. And now, OK, spoiler policy here is we aren't going to talk about anything that we haven't talked about yet, but we have seen all the episodes now. So we do know where yeah. things are going with this. And all of these episodes of what if are definitely setting up a character for a purpose. And this is yeah, setting up but, this character for this purpose for later. But knowing our viewing history and most people's viewing history, is it shocking that a finale is a two-parter? Not really. I mean, it's like a 50, 50 chance that you're going to get a finale. That's a two-parter or this, the penul penultimate episode leads into the finale. But we'll, we're not talking about that yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not talking. Those, details, those, aren't, just, those episodes haven't happened yet. Sort of. 
sort wow. of. But now this I mean, is a nice just... moment here. See, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If we were to pull back on the jokes a little bit, this moment here where it's just thunder rumbling and lightning in the clouds, that's really cool. That's really yeah. effective. But then this happens. The hammer gets yeah. dropped on her. I have a big problem with this. Because, I had a huge problem with this the first time I saw it too. And I'm hoping we have the same problem. <laughs> yeah. Odin because... did not say whoever is, you know, if anyone will pick up this, this hammer, they must be, be worthy. And that's the whole thing is Thor learning to be worthy so he can pick up the hammer again. And then that sticks with the hammer, but he drops it on her and she can't get up. Yeah. But the hammer hasn't had any reason to have the same uh, properties as in the movie Thor. Ah, true. So it stands to reason that at this time, the hammer is just doing whatever Thor wants. Yeah. He has complete control of it. He, for Odin did not do anything magical to this hammer to make it. So only Thor when he's worthy and vision and captain America can pick it up. Yeah. Okay. So that's a real problem for me. And if I hadn't turned against the episode earlier i would have definitely turned against the episode there yeah because in the main mcu timeline i mean i would have no doubt that she could pick up the hammer maybe i don't i i don't think she can in in regular mcu time uh, timeline i'd say no she can't she can't do it well schrodinger's hammer right now Yeah. yeah but that's that's the geek argument you and i could have about that but in this timeline, she can't. But right. it's not even the magical hammer. Well, it's, it is a magical hammer, but it's not the magical hammer with that particular magical spell on it, so to speak. Right. So uh, the other thing that I just can't believe about this episode is they brought in Sam Jackson to be in it for two seconds <laughs> so that Maria Hill could be acting director of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is... A comic thing. Maria Hill was director of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics. And so I understand bringing in Kobe Smolder to be Maria Hill. Like, I totally get that. But I think it's kind of funny that they're like, well, and I think it might have been, oh, we've got Sam Jackson to come in for this episode over here. Yeah, let's go ahead and do a scene with him. <laughs> and and how did Loki answer that phone? <laughs> So, Face recognition technology? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> First of all, how does Thor have a phone that has actual service? I guess it could be a <laughs> magical phone. <laughs> but he has a phone but doesn't understand an iPad. Um, I guess it must Maybe. be one of those things he just learned in his time on Earth. But this is where, yeah. as a sitcom, I would be laughing a lot. Especially, I would have wanted to see the moment where <laughs> Loki is just using his finger to answer that tiny phone to swipe swipe right <laughs> there's well, maybe uh, he just there's some uh well, well, foreshadowing oh, oh, right there ahead. you really are a genius uh she says to to cat dennings and cat says it's starting to look that way well she is uh, although yeah. we saw wandavision first before we saw this but yeah. we find out actually she is pretty smart oh i hate <laughs> this whole this whole sequence here oh 
this whole where everyone's just kind of partying around the world and yeah see now they're causing destruction a little bit yeah a little bit but again it's not it's like superman 3 right in superman 3 he gets split and you have evil superman doing evil things right but what are the evil things he's doing and eh, knocking down part of the great wall of china blowing out the olympic torch you know it's getting like, richard pryor involved somehow. but he's he's like yeah he's totally evil superman in superman 3 is just mildly annoying to the world <laughs> and that's what's happening here the alien invasion is mildly annoying to the world and that's when they choose to call captain marvel uh not not the first chitari invasion of new york like in in the regular mcu no we're not going to call her in on the the invasion of the chitari it's not not enough of a problem to call her in but thor's party in this universe yeah we're we're calling yeah. we're calling I mean, they didn't even in the main MCU timeline. They didn't even, did not call in Captain Marvel until half the population was disappearing. Was in the midst of yeah, in the midst of disappearing. Yeah, and, and everyone's just like, "What's going on? What is this?" And they had to explain it one way or another. But what's interesting about this "What If" episode is that you do get to see Captain Marvel in the '90s happened. Captain yeah. Marvel in the '90s happened. She had a relationship with Fury. And is upset because Fury was hurt by the party. He was one of the one of the casualties up front before the whole like knocking off the arm off the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> so, oh wait, here we go. Okay, so this is the big moment. Tension is being built. They're gonna launch the nukes. But meanwhile, there's some tattling going on. <laughs> And mom's finding out about the party. So she's going to call holographically. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Again, as so in Marvel comics used to do things, actually, this is what if, but this feels more like what the, do you know what, what the (laughs) is? What if was Um, a long running comic book, but what the was a Marvel humor comic book. Oh, that they had that was I'm not sure how long it ran. But when I was first kind of buying comics with my own money, uh, what the was on the stands and I actually bought a few issues of that and they would make fun of themselves. They make fun of D.C. They would um, they had uh, a whole thing about Wolverine where he's he's going through the whole story, doing his, his monologue and saying, I'm the best at what I do. But what I do is very nice and which is quoting from the Wolverine miniseries and stuff. But then at the end, it's I'm best at what I do. And what I do is model women's lingerie, you know, and it's just that kind of mad magazine, kind of stupid frat boy humor, I guess. Um, This feels more like a what the episode than a what if episode. Yeah. I just think they were also trying to lend off of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Well, absolutely. But, yeah. But I mean, they're not even doing it well. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, why didn't they get Taika Waititi to come in and direct a little? He's I mean, there. He, he was in the recording studio. 
He was also I mean, pretty his, busy his with other things, was, though. He has a lot of stuff uh, going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, ever since Thor Ragnarok, he's been huge. Um, like, we just finished watching season was it three or four of What We Do in the Shadows, and he's an executive producer on that show. Yeah, he's, and he made a guest appearance in that in that show too. <laughs> There's Drax puking on Thor's cape, uh, but they brought him in to do the, a recording for this episode. But yeah, I, <laughs> I I'm curious what it would have been like if he had actually directed this. Yeah, or wrote it or something. So here's Loki showing he's not a hero in this universe. But he definitely has a better a, a better vibe going on than yeah. than the villainous bow before me vibe. <laughs> There's your buddy. <laughs> that, that line. Oh, you talking about the train? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm sorry, you were saying uh, the line. You don't have to go, but you can't stay. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> I. <laughs> Topaz and Grandmaster. Yeah, they're they're all here. That's what's very I don't know. Again, that's that's kind of off putting to me because it's just like only only people we've seen in the movies have shown up for this. Because this would have been an opportunity to bring in cosmic characters that we haven't met before. You know, bring in Howard the Duck. I don't know. Let Grandmaster show up and Loki. But Everybody from Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok are here. And even even uh, Mantis is there. Yeah, though Peter's not there. Uh, Peter, um, the well, Star-Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But how? Yeah. So that that brings up an interesting question. How did Mantis get away from Ego? Huh. You know, like nothing has happened yet in this universe. Oh, he corrects Leaning Tower of Pisa. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. He's fixing everything. And so he fixes that. And actually, that's might have been why I thought about uh, uh, Superman 3, because there's the gag where he goes. Oh, that's right. And yeah. He puts it back upright in Superman 3. And what does it do? It It mildly annoys a small business owner who has a bunch of leaning tower Pisa ceramic uh, yeah. knickknacks for tourists. And then later on, they change it to, they adjust their business model and good Superman comes and pushes it back. <laughs> and so that ruins <laughs> their business again. <laughs> yeah. And then Frigga shows up and they're in a study group, supposedly. Yeah. Here they are. Yeah. They're learning. I... <laughs> oh, and what's that in the background? It's Captain Marvel. With a tablet. Yep. Loaded with documentaries, PBS specials, and NPR, NPR podcasts. <laughs> so. This is, yeah, this is the moment she knows who Captain Marvel is because Captain Marvel's made a name for herself out in out in the universe, just not on Earth. And, oh, busted. His hammer oh. is covered in 
bead His strings. Hammer's been and... through Mardi Gras. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I feel like we're kind of party pooping all over this this episode. It's uh, not a great episode. <laughs> oh, again, sometimes we don't have the real opportunity to to get this in advance. You know, it would have been nice to maybe bring someone on who actually liked this episode. And so, if you're listening right now and you actually like this episode, uh, now is the time. Type it out. Send us a recording. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. Uh, how we missed the mark or just let us know like what you appreciate about it because that's the bad thing about that's the bad thing really about any time that you're you're ragging on something is you know you're you if someone likes it and you're just talking smack about it it's kind of off-putting but this one just didn't hold up for me and this was a problem you know behind the curtain for the podcast I just didn't want to get back into this episode. I didn't want to watch this again. And so this is, this is why it's taken us so long to talk about this episode. It's part of it for sure. Yeah. Is, is just the motivation of, uh, so eternals happens and then like, Oh, we got to talk about eternals. Yeah. Yeah. And and then we realize, Oh, Hawkeye is coming. And if we don't do this now, we're not going to get to it. So we are getting to it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we have this moment here and and this was another moment where I'm like okay they're leading up to something obviously. You have Ultron showing up and he's got infinity stones. And and this is where all of these episodes you know this is the model for the Marvel Cinematic Universe from the beginning. Set up a character and not only do you set up the character but you're also setting up a big bad. And here's the big bad shows up and you realize there's something more, more to this. The other thing they do with that is <laughs> the watcher says they lived happily ever after. Wait, what? <laughs> as he is, it's almost as if he's telling the story in real time and, and gets caught off guard in real time. So, so now the credits are rolling. There are four minutes and 40 seconds left of credits still to go. So I'm thinking that we're probably going to hit hit the pause button, hit the stop button on this. And and I think we're going to say some thank yous and then we're going to do our post credit. So, yeah. So let's do that. I'm hitting pause right now. You don't have to at home. If you're listening at home, you can watch and see like who who played the part of Thor in Portuguese uh, and all that stuff. That stuff is interesting to see. Uh, I do like that's why I, I used to sit through the credits before post credit things were a thing. I used to oh, it started again. I paused it and it started again. Okay. I see it paused. That is weird. Well, okay. Looks like they have some kinks, but I'm I'm shutting uh, yeah. down that group watch and there we go. Okay. Uh that was fun. Uh, as far as the Disney Plus group watch, that was really cool uh yeah. to do. So but anyway, you know, to watch the credits, that was something that was already always interesting to me is just to see all the different roles and everything. And even though I'm looking at names, I don't know who they are. It's also interesting to see each one of those names represents a human being who spent part of their life creating a thing for me to enjoy. You know, and when I sit down to a book, that's a lot easier. You've got the author's name on the book. But even I remember as a kid, at some point, I realized those five names or six names at the beginning, the writer, the penciler, the anchor, the colorist, the letterer, the editor, those names 
are people who spent time in their life. Now they're getting paid, but they still, they spent time to create something that I get to enjoy. And it's the same with, with, uh, with the end credits of a, a show. So if you want to watch through the end credits, go for it. It's, it's, it's cool. It's all good. But, uh, Samantha, I, I think we have some, well, do you have final words about the episode? Um, I am looking forward to the next episode because <laughs> it, I mean, I feel like this, this one particular episode really does feel like a low point for the what if series. Cause there's not really, I mean, yeah, the characters are very different, but there's not really that much that compels me to want to watch. All right. I'm switching the account to my kid account and yeah, the last episode I watched with my kids was episode six, Killmonger. I never got around to watching the last three episodes with my kids because I think partially because there wasn't urgency for me to watch Thor as an only child again. <laughs> and, and my kids weren't all that invested. That's the other thing Yeah, that I keep hearing about. What if whenever I'm talking with friends about it, they say, eh, the animation, the animated thing. And that makes me wonder like what's going to happen with something we're going to talk about post-credit, the Spider-Man animated series. Hmm. I, I I'm curious how many people are interested and maybe invested in that, that because you have like different levels of, I, I, when I say different levels of fandom, I'm not saying like a, a uh, qualitative level of fandom. I'm, it's more of a quantitative level of fandom. Well, it's, or maybe just the different flavors of fandom. As yeah. Well, that's to, what I mean. Yeah. You know, the, the, when I say a qualitative, I, I don't mean that like there's good fans and bad fans. I'm saying quantitative and like I'm going to take in this much and someone else is saying I'm going to take in this much, you know. And so I have friends who they're like they're all in on Marvel live action movies. And and they have Disney Plus, so they're all in on WandaVision. They stuck it through. You know, it was weird at the beginning, but ah, we stuck it through and I actually kind of like the end, you know, that kind of thing. And they like Falcon and Winter Soldier because it felt like a Marvel movie. But what if they're just kind of staying away from they're just not interested and they're not even trying it out because it doesn't look like something they want to see. Fortunately, what if like some other things like Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. or whatever, you don't have to watch it to appreciate all the other Marvel stuff, although there is talk about could evil Doctor Strange show up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness because it's multiverse. Mm. Who knows? I would like that. Who knows? It'll be interesting to see if any of these animated versions of these characters cross over into live action universe. But yeah, I I get it. And it's okay. It's okay. But this is where, because my kids weren't super invested in the first place, they didn't push hard to see the next episode. And so I didn't push for them to see the next episode. And here we are in my kids, my kids playlist or whatever. It, it just, it just stopped right there. Yeah. It just stopped right there. Uh, but I will say we have watched all of Turner and Hooch now, <laughs> which was executive produced by Robert McNeil. I think is his name. Tom Paris from Voyager turned into an executive producer and director on that. 
And then he also brought in uh, Balana. He brought in, um, uh, I can't remember her name, but she, I think, directed some episodes too. So it's kind of cool. But that's on my kid profile. Yeah. So tell me, Turner and Hooch, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, mild thumbs up. You know, I, I would say thumbs okay. up if it's quality. But look, do you want to watch a show about a slobbery dog? Then this is your show for sure. You know, it's it's a family show. Very much. I It was very comfortable for me to sit down with my family. And my whole family watched it except for... My oldest son, who's 20, well, he's, yeah, he's 20. He just said, I just don't want this. I don't like this. I don't want to be in the room when it's on. So if we turned it on, he was out of there. Well, so. certain, you know, just certain things like that appeals more to small children as to opposed to like, say, teenagers or young adults. Yeah, but it absolutely was a family friendly. Now, there's gunplay. There is... There are moments when guns are pointed at people. There are moments when guns are pointed at a dog. So like be be ready for that kind of thing. If you don't like the endangerment side of an action show, then that be aware of that. But anyway, mm-hmm. we need to do final words on this episode. So what you're saying is I'm better off rewatching Bluey the series. I have never I don't even know what that is, other than I've heard people it's- talking about it as a thing that's really funny. Yeah, it, it's on Disney Plus, um, and my husband and I we have watched the whole series, and it's not even a series that's aimed at us. Well, sort of. It's it's a it's a it's a young children's TV series, but there's this whole side that really appeals to the adults and the adult perspective of raising young children, um, like. How, you know, every once in a while you see how exhausted the parents are, but then they, the kids are so excited. So the parents pick up on the energy or the kids are going crazy and doing their own thing and not listening. And it's driving the parents nuts. And it it plays on the comedy of that. Um, There's a really great episode where the parents are trying to put together something from the inverse version of Ikea and the kids are playing with the boxes and going through this whole thing um, and having their own like storyline. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun and the episodes are eight minutes long each. So, I mean, they're really quick watches. Well, I, I would say Turner and Hooch, definitely a thumbs up, but, (laughs) and Tom Hanks is not in it. Uh, he lost me. He dies off camera (laughs) before it starts and they do show his death scene later on, uh, as the mystery is being solved of what happened to him. And of course it's a stand in actor and it was just kind of funny. Oh, "Oh, that's, you don't see his face. You know, it's just kind of funny. Like, Oh, that's guy's supposed to be Tom Hanks. You know, it's like, Uh, uh, I got to be the guy who played Tom Hanks and you never saw my face. Mm. So, Totally lost. I'm right, right, right. um, a big Tom Hanks <laughs> fan. So. And he did not even bother to show up. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. they brought in some other people from the, the original, but yeah. All right. Okay. So let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. And okay. Final words? Yeah. Okay. Um. So I would like to thank our Patreon patrons. Jeffrey Tazzle, Blessed Cheesemaker, 084, Julie, and Andrew, thank you all very much. 
I just want to say thank you so much for listening, everyone. No matter where you're from, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, I'm I'm so thankful that you are spending time with us and thankful that you're patient with us as we are, you know, releasing episodes about what if a little bit late, but you know, you you understand podcasting, you understand how it works, you understand how it's done in our spare time and it's done in those little nooks and crannies of our week where we can get to it. So thank you if you're listening right now, wherever you are from, whether you're from, I don't know, Canada, Mongolia, even Pennsylvania Dutch country. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard from us, now we'd love to hear from you. You can leave us voicemail by calling 17755-LEVEL7. That's 17755-553-8357. Or send us an email to studioavery at gmail.com. You can also go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback and leave us a message there. Or join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash welcome to level 7. The 7 is spelled out. And don't forget, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash welcome to level seven, the seven is spelled out, and become a Patreon supporter there. Once again, thanks so much for listening, and Godspeed. All right, so November 12th, Samantha, was Disney Plus Day, and... It was one of those days where I just kind of watched news roll in. I didn't actually watch the stuff, um, but news rolled in. There was a lot, a lot of Marvel stuff announced. Now, all this stuff was to get people to watch Disney Plus, to subscribe. They gave a month for $2.99, and then your your second month was going to be regular price. I do know my Disney Plus subscription went up. 10 bucks for the next year. But uh, yeah, they, they uh, did a preview thing about Obi-Wan Kenobi series. They did a hilarious, if you have Disney plus actually you can find this on YouTube too. They did a hilarious preview of the Willow series that they're doing. It was just hilarious. Whether you like Willow or not, whether you plan to watch the series or not, I highly recommend seeking out the Willow preview that they did. It's Warwick Davis and it it's it's just funny. It's it's really really funny. It basically is riffing on the fact that most of the actors in the new series weren't alive when the movie came out. So it's it's funny. <laughs> so there was that uh let's see what else. Marvel okay. Okay, go ahead. Non-Marvel, but Olaf presents 15 minutes, totally worth your time. Just trust me. Okay, go ahead. All right. We're, gonna, we're here to talk about Marvel, okay? Yeah. And, and that is that they did give a, a preview about some Marvel stuff that it's – I can't remember. It's maybe 10 minutes long, 15 minutes long. It's short. It's very short. What I found interesting was the first half is – Again, I think they're trying to promote this to people who aren't on Disney Plus yet, as well as people who are just wanting to hear news about what's going to be happening in the future. So the first half is about stuff that already appeared on Disney Plus. It's, it's you know, 
highlights from WandaVision, highlights from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, but then there was some uh, new stuff from the Hawkeye series. There was some new stuff from Moon Knight and She-Hulk and Ms. Marvel. So we actually got to see um, – uh, what's his face? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Moon Knight. Um, Poe Dameron. I can't remember his name. <laughs> uh, Oscar Isaac? Yeah. We get to see him as Moon Knight. And we get to see um, – just again, previews of these characters. We get to see our first look at She-Hulk and, and then Ms. Marvel. Uh, there's some stuff with her too. So like, it's cool. It's cool. But then some new stuff was also announced. So there was Agatha is getting her own series. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Oh, long. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's going to be her theme song, but Agatha gets her own series. Marvel Zombies will have its own animated series, which I don't think is MCU. So we will probably talk about it. Like we're going to talk about Hitmonkey soon a little bit, which is on Hulu. But that's just because it's Marvel related. It's relevant to your interests. So is this a spinoff of the zombie episodes that we covered earlier? I don't For think so. If? I don't think it is, but I, I'm not sure. Uh, what they say about the series is that it is an animated series that reimagines the Marvel Universe as a new generation of heroes battle against an ever-spreading zombie scourge. That suggests to me that it's its own thing and its own continuity. So, like I said, we'll at least be watching it. But I, we're not going to be indexing it and watching every episode and doing an, an episode about each episode. So, But here's the interesting one, and this is MCU. Spider-Man Freshman Year. Hmm. So Spider-Man Freshman Year, animated series that follows – this is what they say – follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU with a journey unlike we've ever seen – and a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. There's a brief glimpse of the art style that they use, and it is absolutely the art style of, uh, oh, what's his name? Steve Ditko. It, hmm. it's, it's absolutely, to me, reminiscent of that Steve Ditko style of Spider-Man in the early comic books and so i'm really curious this is what i was saying you know when you have i have my friends who talk about what if and they're not interested well are they going to be interested in this especially since this is prime continuity this is tom holland spider-man character if not tom holland spider-man actor they there's no announcements about who's actually doing the voice acting in this thing but it's spider-man pre- Homecoming. Hmm. Fascinating to me. Just fascinating. So this will be Spider-Man back when he was just the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah, he got all okay. the gadgets and the gimmicks and stuff from, from Tony. See, I know Tom Holland's um, current contract with Sony to play the character ends with uh, No Way Home home but he has tom holland has openly stated that he is willing to return if possible well and people 
producers and directors, I don't know who it was, but they're saying things like he's, he's Robert Downey Jr. Now he's the one that's kind of the binding force. He's the one that kind of is the poster child for the MCU right now. And I don't know. In my mind, you do everything you can to hold on to that guy. You know, you, you want him. Yeah. And Tom Holland is just so adorable and likable. And he he plays the role so well. I mean, yeah, you you really don't want to lose him. But the but the tricky thing is is that the character right now the rights are owned by another studio. So yeah. And they're not letting go of it because that is some sweet, sweet, sweet money that they're getting there. Yes. Uh, we also get there's a glimpse at uh, Nick Fury from Secret Invasion and uh, logos were released for She-Hulk, Echo. Um, they re- reinforced the I am Groot thing. I don't know if that's MCU or not. Uh, and then here's the other kind of exciting animated project. That again, we're not going to be doing an episode about every episode, but Spider or not Spider Man X Men ninety seven. Yes. X Men ninety seven is a continuation of the Fox Kids X Men series that, that played in the afternoons, and you know Stuart amazing. and I are totally down for that. <laughs> amazing. They took the meme of Wolverine where he's laying in bed holding the picture of Jean Grey and he's looking longingly at it. And then you see in the next uh, panel, you know, what he's looking at and it's uh, Marvel studio X-Men 97, all new original series streaming 2023. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I first saw that and I was like, that is awesome. And I couldn't tell if someone had made that like just as a meme or it looks like it might've been official. Like Disney Marvel may have put that out before, like, uh, you know, a fan had a chance to do that. But whoever did it, brilliant. Just just brilliant. I bet somebody who was doing the marketing did something like that. And and somebody from Disney was like, oh, wait, this sounds this looks hilarious. This is perfect. Yeah. It had to be somebody in marketing with a really good sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. It had to be. Uh. Yeah, so that's the Marvel stuff. There's uh, there's things like uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is coming. That's going to be a reboot thing. Um, there's some more Ice Age stuff coming. The uh, Willow thing, like I said. Uh, Diary of Wimpy Kid movies will be on there. And they're doing a series. You know, it's that kind of thing. Disney Plus they must be making some serious money because they are investing a lot into these streaming series and, and everything that's going on. I mean, it's just, it's just wild. It's just amazing. Oh, so disenchanted, which I love the movie enchanted. And I love the uh, title. I, I love it when they do something like that for a sequel. Yeah. But it looks like that disenchanted will only be released on Disney plus. Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. That's that's what's amazing to me is they're they're looking at Disney Plus and their things that would normally go into theaters are are showing up on on Disney Plus. Yeah, because Disenchanted is a sequel that has been. 
I'm wondering if that says something about Disenchanted. I mean, are they confident in it or do they just want to try to move everything just to their service? I think that there's a little bit of both. I also think that mm-hmm. they are so busy with things that they're releasing. Like theater releases right now, they have to be careful and they have to share a smaller space than they were already sharing. And so I think things like that are just a hocus pocus too. Yeah, that that I expected well, also, because the original hocus pocus was only meant to be a um, a TV movie, and then it, oh, was it? They, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it okay. was. And then uh, in the previews, before they could even put it on TV or do the marketing for it, they realized no, this is a this is good enough to be a theatrical release. So that's how it ended up in the theaters. Well, that happened with Toy Story too. Yeah. Toy Story um, 2 was going to be direct-to-video. Then they said, no, I think we can make some money with this. Ramp it up. <laughs> make it better. Yeah. And and so they had to like, – I don't know how much they actually had to redo, but they definitely were looking at, okay, we're going to have to do this at a higher quality of, of rendering because of uh, the theater experience. Uh, Baymax is another one that I wasn't too excited about it because it didn't, the preview that they showed did not have any superhero stuff going on. It was, it was interesting. Anyway, that's Disney plus that's what's happening there. And a lot of Marvel stuff, a lot of exciting stuff going on. Uh, The question is, is it too much? When are people going to say too much? Cause that kind of happened with star Wars. After they yeah. did, they did the the sequel trilogy, and then those two one offs with Rogue One and Solo, and the stuff that they had planned to do, they they pulled back on it, and they did the Mandalorian, which was cool, but um, they pulled back on some of that, and I've been waiting for that to happen with Marvel, but it's still just making the money. So, I think they just happened to have the right people running the show right now. And I think they're they're lucky in some ways uh, because let's, let me think uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean tr- um, sequels. I mean, you get that first trilogy, and then there's the two movies that followed, and it just progressively got worse and worse. I feel sometimes that studios want to push too hard to get sequels out to make more money that they don't think okay, we need to let these sequels cook a little bit <laughs> so that they're. You get a really great product coming up that people can get really excited about seeing and then coming back to see again. The first Matrix Matrix movie, fantastic. The second and third one, eh. And then, you know what they did? They sat around for about 20 years before coming out with the the reboot movie that's well, about uh, to yeah. be released in a few weeks. And there's an interesting story behind that where um, – uh, yeah, there, there's an interesting story behind why they are doing it now and why they didn't do it earlier. They really had no plans to do it. And then in some ways it was making the movie was almost therapy for loss of a, of a parent. And it's kind of oh, interesting okay. how, how that all worked out. And I'm curious how that idea of the loss of the parent is going to show up in, you know, thematically in, in the movie. I, I'm, it may not, yeah. but there, there's some interesting stuff behind that. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I think we need to shut this down. We, uh, our, our yeah, because I'm about post to go credit to Ghostbusters, is, but <laughs> our, our our post credit is almost as long as the actual episode on this one. So, but it's a, like like I said, a lot of stuff to to blast through. Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, thank you, Samantha, right. for joining me, and thank you for experimenting with me. We will definitely try the uh, the group watch again, especially on something like this one where it's kind of nice. The group watch almost guided the conversation for us. So, um, yeah. I don't know if we'll do that for everything. Oh, no, I know we will not do it for everything, but um, I'm not sure how often we're going to do it. So, yeah. But thanks a lot. And uh, to everyone who's listening, also, thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. And Godspeed. <laughs>